Hello and welcome to Opera Offstage and welcome to 2021. My name's Michelle. And I'm Jessie. And Happy New Year. Yes, and we're so excited for the new year and to have you guys back with us. Jesse, did you do anything fun for for New Year's? Yeah, I had a nice time. I played some Jackbox games with friends. It was nice. That makes me so excited for our Jackbox events this month. Jackbox games are so fun, you guys. And we'll tell you a little bit more about that in a minute. But how was your New Year's? I mean, first of all, happy birthday, Michelle. For those of you who don't know, Michelle's birthday is on December 31st. So it's kind of a double whammy of birthday and a whole new year. Whoop, whoop. Man, I love New Year's. Not just because it's my birthday, but because everybody has the good vibes. And I feel like the good vibes were flowing even more this year because everybody hated 2020 so much that everybody was extra excited about 2021. But thank you. I had a lovely birthday. It was super fun. I didn't know how it was going to be with like a COVID birthday. It was just home with my siblings and my parents. And it was actually so fun. We played Super Smash Bros. We just like hung out. We watched some movies. I watched Downton Abbey, like the grandma that I am. And (laughs) it was just really fun. It was a grand old time. Nice. Yes. You want to tell them what I got you for your birthday? Oh my gosh, you guys. (laughs) I am like straight chilling on my birthday. And then I'm handed this, like, bag from this, like, grocery store called Ralph's. And I was like, what the heck is this? And so I open it, and there are two boxes of Uncrustables. (laughs) And I passed away. Because at first, like, I it didn't, like, click to me where these came from. And then I realized that, like, Jesse had told me that there was something coming to be delivered on my birthday. Understand that Michelle and I had a long fight about Uncrustables. Yes. During a recording of a previous episode where I told her that they were overpriced and silly. I think that they're delicious and nostalgic and I love an Uncrustable. And on top of the actual boxes of Uncrustables, Jesse also bought me like this sandwich mold like sandwich cutter thing where I could technically make anything an Uncrustable. And that is just too much power for me. I am very excited. Ooh, Nutella and peanut butter. There you go. Mm. Have I ever tell you that I don't actually like Nutella? I'm sorry. Did you just say you don't like Nutella? (laughs) You are starting off this year on a bad note, (laughs) Jesse. You know, I, anyway. I, can, I can understand that, though. Too much Nutella is disgusting. By the time I got around to that trend, people were, like, slathering things with it. Oh, yeah, that's gross. And, like, that's that's too much of a weird texture for me to enjoy if it's just like that. Well, also, too much chocolate in general is gross to me, so I'm on that with you. Yeah, maybe, actually. But either way, <laughs> I know that's an unpopular opinion. But yes, all that is to say is I am now entering 2021 fully stocked on Uncrustables and Childhood Michelle is is so pleased. Um, Thriving. (laughs) But as it pertains to the actual podcast, we (laughs) decided to look at 2021 and we thought it would be fun to pick a theme moving forward. So even though we didn't pick an official theme for this last kind of almost year that we've been doing this podcast, the overarching topic that we always came back to was self-advocacy. So moving forward, we thought that the most appropriate theme for what we're really trying to push on our podcast is new year, new opera. 
So as we dive into this next year with you guys, our primary goal is to highlight young artists, to continue our work in that, and to really highlight new opera, um, new innovative ways in which we can make opera more accessible, entertaining and inclusive, new ways that we can help support composers that are you know, prolonging the life and continuing this art form yeah. and ways that artists are working to make really cool new stuff that pertains to stories that matter in 2021. So new year, new opera. I feel like a lot of last year was dedicated to thinking about the the repertoire and like what we do with it and what and how we deal with a lot of what's inside and unpacking that. But I think part of the solution to that is also focusing on new works and living composers and the, the way in which art can and should transform itself. So I'm very excited about this year. I'm very excited because I am not a person who is necessarily the most well-versed in new music. So I'm excited to grow too. Yeah. So if you're a, a small opera company or if you're an opera or just music composer, send us a DM. We want to chat with you in some of the best ways that we can, uh, can fulfill this new theme of ours. So coming up this month, we have a Jackbox game night. We have a new YouTube video where Michelle and I compete to see who can name the most composers out of this list of 100. And then we will also be do- hosting another IG Live game. Whoop, whoop. So those dates will be posted on our Instagram. Also, our Opera Watch Party is coming up. It is going to be this Saturday, January 9th at 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern. It is a little different from last year where we were hosting on Fridays, but a lot of people kept running into work and school conflicts with that timing, so we want to make it easier for more people to join us. So we will be doing it on Saturday from here on out. We will be doing our voting, once again, on Instagram. So if you do not follow us there, please go on to Instagram. It's at Opera Offstage. That way you can keep up with all of the dates and things as we throw them out at you guys. Um, but we're really excited to get to play more games and to connect with you guys even more. It's a lot, a lot of fun. Yes, we are starting off this year with lots of fun live events, so we hope that you'll join us. Yeah, and now into what this episode is about. This episode is all about New Year's resolutions, which I think is kind of a- an interesting topic nowadays because I th- I feel like more people in my life are very 50-50 about making New Year's resolutions or not. Mm-hmm. I think even if you don't necessarily make concrete goals, I think it's always good to reassess. Absolutely. I will also say this. I think my biggest problem with New Year's resolutions is I never put them in a place where I can see them. And so I often, like, I don't even know if I opened my book from last year. I don't even know that I remember what my New Year's resolutions were. Mm-hmm. Questionable. So I, step one, put them in a place you can see them. Yeah. But we're going to start off this episode kind of diving into ways that you can set realistic goals. And that probably is the most important step because I think it's really important to remember. And I feel very iffy about New Year's resolutions, too, because I think as a culture, we have this idea that we're trying to reinvent ourselves completely every time the new year comes. And that just really sets us up for failure. There's no point in trying to completely reinvent yourself. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day and you're not going to become a new person with an entirely new lifestyle just because you decide that's what you want to do for the new year. But setting realistic goals will definitely set you up for success. And sometimes we have to set up smaller goals to reach our larger goals that will take us a longer time. But taking those incremental steps as opposed to expecting to spend 
a ton of time just suddenly becoming a whole new person overnight is a way better and more successful route to take. Yeah. I mean, simply put, like expecting yourself to be able to do something overnight, whether it be something based around like health or fitness or practicing, you have to train your body and train your mind for those kinds of things. And you're just not going to be able to knock it out on day one. And that's okay. That's why, especially in these early stages, especially in January, what you should really be looking at is more so like building up to the thing you want. Absolutely. You should be more looking at that incremental path to that lifestyle that you're hoping to live instead of trying to throw yourself all in on it at once. Because as much as we'd love to believe that we're all that adaptable, simply put, a lot of us have to have adjustment periods where our lives and our bodies and our minds catch up with us. Yeah, and I think more than anything, it really it does come down to training your mind and exercising discipline and perseverance. And when you're trying to exercise those skills on, you know, 20 different goals, your brain is obviously going to be overloaded. You have to prioritize the goals. So I honestly feel like even taking the first couple weeks of January or even the entire month of January and just taking your goals and then breaking them down into mini goals and baby steps or even just like really laying down, looking at your planner and saying, if I want to accomplish this goal, how do I break it down into very manageable steps? That's going to put you in such a better position towards the end of January when you start enacting that new routine or those new steps to actually be able to accomplish your goal. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think I think one of the other really big mistakes that I see people making is the expectation that you're going to be able to spend long hours on whatever your goal is, whether that have to do with working out or practicing or even just reading. Like if you said, I want to get through X amount of books, I, I think you have to understand that you're not suddenly going to have more hours in the day than you did before, and nor are you necessarily going to be able to one of the big mistakes I made as a student was thinking that I was suddenly going to be able to put hours in in a practice room when that was not only pointless, but inefficient. Mm -hmm. I was wasting my own time. So make sure you're not suddenly expecting that you're going to mentally or even just, you know, time-wise be able to spend hours every day on anything. You still have the same number of hours in your day. Yeah, absolutely. And that being said, everything will take longer than you think it will take. It takes a long time to cook a meal. It takes a long time to read a book. It takes a long time to do a lot of these things. And so, like I said, the, I think, you know, people plan for like six or seven goals and then don't realize that you simply don't have all the hours in the day to do that. So be realistic with the time expectation of the things you want to do, even if that means maybe shifting another goal to halfway through the year so that you actually have time for a different goal at the beginning. Like, just make sure you're not, once again, planning for a 48-hour day. I mean, let's let's use an example to just break it down. You know, as musicians, especially in 2020, so many of us have been doing role study or just learning new rep or putting on recitals um, to keep ourselves busy and sharp. So let's say your goal for the year, this is a goal of mine, was to learn three new roles throughout the year. So let's break that down even further and just say, this year, I want to learn Susanna from Figaro. You might look at that and say, yeah, that's a super realistic goal. I am definitely capable of accomplishing that. And yes, you are. That's very true. But where do we start? You know, writing down, I just want to learn a new role on your list of 2021 goals is not very specific. So taking the time to sit down with your planners, taking out a sheet of paper and saying, okay, I've highlighted everything in my role. 
this is what I need to learn. This is what it looks like. This is how many pages of music. It's in this language. I have these resources ready to go. Breaking it down like that and saying, okay, I'm going to do my resets for the month of January. In the month of February, I'm going to start doing this. By July, I want to have this role ready to take to a coach. Really taking the time to break those into baby steps that are much more easy to track your progress will make it so much easier to actually accomplish learning and roll or several throughout a year. So even things that seem realistic, you really want to still break down so that you know exactly what your game plan is moving forward. Yeah. And I think you bring up a good point there is focusing on actions over results. Because even though saying learn the role of Susanna feels like it's an action-based thing, it's really not. What you're focusing on is the end result of having learned the role. Right. Whereas being like, I want to learn, you know, I want to go through all the diction this week or that week. You know, you focus on the smaller steps and the smaller actions as opposed to like, I want to have finished this thing. Even like I said, the whole reading a book thing, which is another really common New Year's resolution, saying like, I want to spend like three hours a week reading is more realistic than saying like, I want to finish three books every month or something. When you put it into a context of an action, it's a little easier for your brain to actually understand (laughs) as opposed to you trying to just slam through a book at the end of the month. Yeah, and that's much more easy to actually incorporate into your daily or weekly routine. When you have an idea of how many hours it's going to take you to accomplish a goal, you can actually look and set aside the time rather than just being like, oh, I guess it's nighttime. I guess I'll just try to squeeze in reading somewhere, you know? So definitely having an idea of how much work is actually ahead of you and how many hours that translates to will help you schedule it in in a healthy way so that you're not totally overwhelmed trying to cram what would take you 10 hours in like one day. Yeah. Well, I think talking about the balance of all of this, there's something that you already do that I think is pretty important. And you mentioned it before we started recording, but alternating focus on goals as opposed to trying to focus on all of your goals at once can really help you balance out your life instead of trying to be like, well, I've got to read for an hour today and then I've got to practice for an hour and then I've also got to cook a healthy meal and then I'm going to. That's a little bit too much to do all in a single day. Spreading out your goals on alternating periods of time, whether that be days or weeks or even months, will really help you actually focus as opposed to scramble. Yeah. And it is it is good to have many goals that you are working towards. But yes, definitely alternating your focus will help you cover all of your bases rather than just being so overstimulated and overworked on trying to just completely reinvent yourself and focus on all of these dis- different aspects and areas of your life. Yeah, you can realistically only improve so many areas of your life at once. So it may be even helpful to just think about the year in quarters or in thirds and kind of plan things out in quadrants of focus because there will be certain things like if you spend these first three months thinking about maybe like health goals you have, whether that's mental health, physical health, you know, emotional health, whatever it is. Like, maybe that's what you dedicate this. Those things will carry over into the rest of the year. The whole point is, though, that they get their own special time so that you get to really work on those skills. Yeah. So that can also be a really useful way of thinking about things. The other thing you have to be careful of, and this is like the weird thing that we all do, don't obsess over it being perfect, whatever it is, whatever you're trying to pick up or practice or perfect. The timing for whatever you're doing will never be perfect. And you don't, this is my bad thing. This is truly, this last one is a note to myself and uh, something I picked up from my father. 
<laughs> you don't need all the best tools. You don't have to drop a ton of money on equipment that's the best to do something. You should start with exactly what you have in front of you or like the bare minimum you need to do it. And then as you get further into something, you can upgrade whatever equipment you have. You don't need the best of everything in order to get good at something. And it is often an excuse we give ourselves to why we put off something. Yeah, no, definitely. Not everything's going to be perfect. I am such a hoe for software and tech. Yeah, not all of the stars are going to always align when you want to accomplish something. And I think my one other tidbit of advice before we move on is I think there's a lot of importance in the way that you phrase your goals. And something that I've found a lot of success in is, I mean, there are so many goals, fitness, lifestyle, you know, spiritual goals, long-term career goals that really just require you to start something. And I feel like looking at something as I want to start practicing the piano more often. I want to start reading more books. I want to start learning a new role every year. I want to start building my social platform. I want to start volunteering at this animal shelter. All of these things, if you look at them more as I want to start incorporating this more into my life rather than thinking about it as just a box to check like I finish this goal it's done with um, is such a better mindset because it's very easy to start things you know if you really put your mind to it and doing that is easier than just trying to tackle this giant goal so even if you start one of your new year's resolutions in August you're still accomplishing your goal you're still moving in the right direction and you're less likely to fall off the path and become unmotivated if you just think about I just got to start I just need to do this once and then just try to keep it sticking has helped me at least yeah yeah it's not about a year it's about life yes and I think along those lines too I think it's really important to after you've written out your goals maybe take a step back and assess what the root of your goals really is or um, you know really understanding what it is you're looking for this is something we talked a little bit about when we did our fat phobia episode because we were talking about when people write the words like, I want to lose weight. What are they really saying? Is it about wanting to be more? Is it about a, a health thing or is it about wanting to be desirable? Is it about wanting people to see you differently? Is it about success? Is it about love? It, there are certain things that we put out there not understanding that we're putting unhealthy goals in front of ourselves. And I think it's really important that we... That we really look at stuff and you ask yourself, like, is this something I want or is this something I want other people to feel about me? Yeah, you know? absolutely. I mean, just saying that, like, you know, I want to start working out more. Once again, diving into the root of that goal. Is it that I just need is it just that I work at a desk job and I just need to I feel better when I move my body a little bit every day? Is it that I like spending time outside? So going on a walk is, you know, good enough or just really getting to that root, identifying whether it's a healthy route to your goal or an unhealthy route to your goal. And if it's unhealthy, working through that and doing some of that inner work until it does become a healthy goal. Or you might scrap it entirely and just be like, you know what, this goal for myself is rooted in not a great place. Maybe I shouldn't be focusing my time on energy on putting this pressure on myself to accomplish some goal that doesn't fit me. And I think another huge thing to keep in mind as you're making these realistic goals is taking time to think about whether this goal that you're writing down is actually something you want or something you think 
you should want. And this is really huge for me and really leaks into morning routines, into weekly routines, into daily routines, into the way that people practice, into the way that people live their lives. And I think social media can sometimes be the root in this and that you see these people who wake up at 5 a.m. and they worked out and then they made themselves a smoothie and then they took their dog on a walk and then they like already accomplished all this stuff by 1 p.m. and like, you know, and sometimes we can look at other people's routines and say, oh, that's I think that's what I should also want. I should want to be this productive. I should want to live this lifestyle. But that couldn't be farther from the truth. You really do have to find things that work for you and serve you. So as you're looking through your goals, really think, is this something that actually serves me or is this something that I've just been kind of pressured into thinking will serve me? You should always be wary of of letting yourself be duped into thinking that you're supposed to be something or you're supposed to want something. And I guess the the other really big thing about the these goals are are you looking at realistically sustainable goals or are you putting stuff in front of yourself that's going to like push you to the edge? It's always good to push yourself. It's always good to stretch yourself into new places. It is not good to push yourself into unhealthy space. <laughs> You know, once again, this idea that you would be doing anything that would demand all of your time or that would be such a massive life overhaul. And then you're going to end up upsetting yourself because it's not something that reasonably most people could accomplish. Absolutely. Yeah. And then thinking of your goals as a whole and thinking, are all of my goals working together sustainable? And yeah, you know, if you're an overachiever type A kind of person like I am, they probably aren't. So this is the importance of breaking goals over months and, you know, looking at it more of the idea of starting rather than just finishing your goals. Before we move on, Jesse, what are some of your goals moving forward into 2021? I'm one of those people. I take a little bit of time in January to kind of concretely lay out my goals because I'm kind of in that period of just looking over the past year and the last year is a little complicated so (laughs) I'm kind of still taking time to reassess but I would say much like we do with the podcast and everything I kind of give my years an overarching theme and so that my theme this year really is sustainability and so the things I'm personally working towards are more sustainable living better more environmentally friendly living I am a person who unfortunately engages in a lot of things that create a lot of waste. It's something I'm more and more aware of. And I'm at the point in my life where I can kind of sort of afford to not do that. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm trying to, you know, uh, my birthday gift from Michelle was this beautiful loose leaf tea um, brewer that you pop on top of a cup. And so I don't have to buy bagged, pre-bagged and boxed tea. I can buy loose leaf in like mass packages. So I want to bulk buy more things. I want to use less paper and plastic, less heavily packaged things, you know, engage with more eco-friendly companies. That's a big thing for me. And then sustainability within my own life. Michelle can tell you she very frequently gets texts from me that are like, I have not slept in 24 hours. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I am a person who very much lives on like a do everything at once or do nothing at all kind of mentality and it's uh, I've always been that way because of ADHD and I've, I've just unfortunately trained myself to be that way but I have had periods in my life where I've had good routine and I want to get back to that that's what I really want this year more than anything and what goes into that routine will be a lot of trial and error but I want to create a lifestyle that is actually both 
solid enough that I wake up every day kind of knowing what I can get done, but flexible enough for the periods of time where things inevitably go wrong. And so that's that's my year is sustainability creating. It's more about creating a lifestyle that will help me moving forward than necessarily accomplishing a bunch of concrete items. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I love I love what you had to say about sustainability. That's definitely a big goal of mine as well. I am definitely like a collector of things. I have a hard time like throwing away stuff because I am the type of person that (laughs) assigns so much like attachment to literally nonsense. And so I like spent the first day of the new year like just throwing a bunch of stuff away. And I I mean my room thanks me for it but (laughs) it just feels good to kind of like shed things. And so I love that. Um, that's been a big goal of mine. And I would agree with you. I think one of the weird things that happened during 2020 is I both found a lot of routines and then like just dumped a lot of routines um, that I really needed. And I think my big challenge to myself is finding a routine that is actually sustainable. So basically taking the advice that I'm giving you all um, <laughs> and finding ways that realistic goals that can actually work together. I created a big old list for myself in 2020. And while I'm really happy to say that I somehow managed to accomplish about half of this giant list, I can very concretely see the ways in which the goals that I didn't accomplish were already doomed for failure because they weren't specific enough or were just too broad or just once again, not enough hours in the day. So I think my continued life goal 2021 and beyond will be finding ways in which I can find a routine that actually works together. Yeah, I think that also brings up an important point, which is that when you are setting goals and when you are doing things, one of the things that will really help you in terms of routine is some form of cataloging and tracking progress, something that will motivate you to to both keep moving forward, but also see how far you've come, which is actually a really exciting moment to get to introduce Opera Offstage's first partner, Practisma Journal. Woohoo! Yeah. So this is a journal that was created by Susanna Klein, who is a violinist and a teacher, and she has engaged in a lot of research around practice, and especially the places where music has kind of fallen behind sports in terms of understanding the psychology of people who perform. And so she has taken all of this research and all of her teaching experience, and she has combined it into this practice journal that is really built around empowerment, efficiency, and joy. And it's, it's really beautiful, and we are super excited because we are going to be starting a 30-day practice challenge with this journal so we can show you even more about how it works. Yes. One of the things that I'm really excited about for this journal is, you know, I'm talking about creating goals that are sustainable within each other. And one of the big areas that I feel like 2020 kind of got me was, you know, learning new roles and figuring out a very solid practice routine schedule. I used to have one. 2020 kind of wiped it off the whiteboard for me. So I'm really excited to have a resource that's going to let me look at my week. The journal is really expertly laid out and that you can see repeatable questions, your goals, things that worked for you, things to improve on from your week of practice. And then it has a little resolution kind of like reflection time and the prompt for that part changes every week. So you have something new to focus on, you have some new information to process. And for someone like me who hates just writing down the same thing over and over again, having that new thing to focus on each week is really important and really helps 
kind of stimulate the way that my brain thinks about my next week of practice. So I'm super excited to start using this journal. Like Jesse said, we're going to do a 30-day practice challenge. I've never done one of those practice challenges before. We have one of our followers is doing like a thousand days of practice, and I am working myself up to be one of those people. So I cannot wait to start using this journal and see how it totally just revitalizes my practice routine and the way that I think about practice. And that to me is what is most appealing is I need to change the way that I think about practice. So if you guys want to join us for our 30-day practice challenge, be following us on Instagram and Facebook. We'll be posting about when we start that and let you guys follow along with us. So let's all just kind of get into the practice groove in 2021. Let's accomplish those goals. So if you want to get a journal of your own or just get some free advice and tips, you can follow our partner at Practisma. That's spelled P-R-A-C-T-I-Z-M-A. Or get your own from Practisma.com. And all those links will be in the show notes. But I'm super excited about this new partner and I cannot wait to start a 30-day practice challenge. It's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you follow us on Instagram so we can show you all about how cool that journal is. So obviously you set your goals, you uh, analyze whether or not they're healthy, whether or not they're sustainable, and you're like, okay, I have a list of goals that I'm really excited about. I think that this is going to be a really positive year if I'm able to enact these. Now, another huge step is actually keeping up with your goals. So how do we stay motivated throughout the year? One of the ways that's worked really well for me is having your goals visible in multiple places that are easily accessible. So whether that's changing the home screen on your phone to for the month of January, just so you memorize your goals. I have a little copy of my, or I had a copy of my 2020 goals by my workspace. I have one in my planner. I have one in my journal. I have it in a note on my phone. I have it on my like organizational account on my Trello. Like I just wanted to have it in as, in as many places as possible. I had it in my music practice binder. And even though this might seem like very type A, the more you look at your goals, the more that you are looking and realizing and remembering what they are, the easier it is to check in with yourself and see how you're actually progressing. Yeah, like I said, that was always my biggest mistake is I would write it in my journal and then I would forget what page it's on. And then at that, that point, it's lost into the into the abyss into the void <laughs> just it enters the void and it never comes back <laughs> but yeah the the most important part about that is is to keep things actually in front of you so that you you're reminded of them because like i said it takes a while and there are going to be some of these goals that you may put off for a little while and start later in the year so keeping them visible to you is really important and i think that's really smart to put them in multiple places as well I'm looking at getting a giant whiteboard. <laughs> that's that's my other thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm a big whiteboard person. 100%. And I think also making it your phone background is even just for like a couple weeks in January. I mean, how, how often do you look at your phone? You know what I mean? Constantly, like a hundred times per day. And so having it somewhere that's highly, highly visible, even if you're not consciously looking at your list every time, but just having it there is a step in the right direction. And then another huge way of keeping up with your goals is you need someone or something to keep you accountable. And this is probably one of the like scariest steps, but it's so important. And for 2020, I shared some of my goals with, you know, my family and with some of my close friends. And I feel like we don't often do that. 
our resolutions and our ideas for an improved future just kind of live in this like nether in our brains and never actually are shared with other people except for like a piece of paper and actually telling people your goals automatically is just a step to make you more accountable because somebody else also knows that you're working on these things and just knowing that somebody else is aware is kind of motivating so either sharing your goals with a family or a close friend or a mentor even though that can be kind of like nerve-wracking depend on depending on what it is that you're trying to work on and improve about your routine or yourself it's one of the best ways to keep you on track I mean you know having an accountability buddy is so important yeah well and I think this too like it's important to choose somebody who is a is very non-judgmental and i i know that sounds weird but you know who in your life is a little harder to deal with because i I think part of the reason michelle and i work really well together is even when either of us slip up or mess up like it's mostly just a matter of like we laugh yeah and we move forward and that's like it's very good for both of us when we are working on these projects to be able to do that michelle texted me the other day because we were supposed to work on something last night and we did but she texted me. She goes, I pulled a Jesse and I fell asleep <laughs> because my <laughs> sleep schedule is always really messed up. And like, that's just it. It happens. We fall asleep. We miss a deadline. We, you know, and you you live and learn and, and laugh. So be careful about who you share your goals with, too. Like, don't don't put yourself in a position where that person's going to really harp on you for it. Yeah, it's a that's part of that creating a, a good protective barrier around yourself as well. Absolutely. But accountability buddies are great. And the best accountability buddy is someone who has the same goals. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's why Michelle and I are doing this practice challenge together. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we all typically have that cheerleader person in our life who's just like the hype man. And if you don't have a person like that in your life, I would like to nominate myself um, <laughs> because... Anyone who is my friend and knows me knows that I'm like the ultimate hype man. So send us a DM. I would be happy to be your accountability buddy. But having a person like that and going to them and just being vulnerable and saying, hey, look, I have these goals and I just need somebody to know. Even if even if you don't want them to hold you accountable, just telling them will is a step in the right direction. Because obviously, like it's one thing creating these goals and it's another thing keeping up with them. And then once again, Sorry to reiterate, but just thinking about it as starting um, versus like a goal that has to be checked off of a list is also a step in the right direction. Yeah. And then obviously one of the easiest ways to accomplish your goals is to have a really solid daily or weekly routine. Once again, a routine is going to be different for everybody. And keep in mind whether or not the routine that you want to have is something that will actually work for you. And once again, the new year doesn't mean that you suddenly need to completely change your lifestyle. And when you're introducing a new element to your routine or lifestyle, taking it step by step and allowing yourself to fully adjust before introducing the next goal or the next step in accomplishing your goal is really important. Um, We need that adjustment period for things to settle before we throw new things at at ourselves. So having a really solid daily routine, but also having a solid weekly routine is really important. And some things to keep in mind for your daily routine is obviously sticking to a sleep schedule, Jesse. I'm sorry, I do not hear it. Uh, Jesse just cuts this out. Um. My, my, this was the funniest thing that I told Michelle. So I, I had a, I had a cat health emergency at the very end of 2020, and my cat's doing really well right now. But he was also diagnosed as diabetic, 
And so I have to keep a very strict schedule now in order to make sure he gets his food and insulin at the right times. And so I have uh, incidentally fixed my sleep schedule by the necessity of my cat's health needs. Aren't pets the best? (laughs) Your cat cat. was like, mom, you really got to sleep. And so he just he took one for the team. Drinking water. That is the other, like, I, this is a big dumb one that a lot of people, including myself, don't do well enough. I'm better now because I, I love sparkling water, so I will chug sparkling water all day. <laughs> That's part of that whole creating waste thing I was talking about earlier. The 95 cans of aluminum around my home. <laughs> but I'm figuring it out. But my point is that a lot, a lot, a lot of things in your day can be fixed by being hydrated. Being well hydrated takes like being dehydrated takes such a big toll on your body and especially if you're a musician it'll take a toll on you get a water bottle get a reusable water bottle fill it up and drink it yeah well there are even those um, water bottles that have like time markers on how much you should have drank by x time and those are really helpful for people who just don't think about it Um, but yeah your sleep schedule affects everything especially your lack of sleep can just mess up so many things in your body and then also hydration if you're not hydrated you're going to be lethargic and tired and crusty so don't be crusty in 2021 drink your water Uh and as far as the sleep schedule goes as long as it's consistent it really isn't the end of the world if you're not up you don't have to be a morning person just make sure that you're consistently sleeping at the same time Oh, yeah. It's okay if you're not one of those people who's bright and chipper at 6 a.m. That's not what we're telling you. I personally, I love working at night, so I'm always going to be a bit of a night person. The whole point is that you are just consistently getting the sleep you need. Absolutely. As a part of your daily routine, prioritizing practice, even silent practice. Just what I love about those 30, 100, yada, yada days of practice challenges, because you can still sit down and read your text and translation or watch the opera that you're learning or you know do some acting exercises for this aria that you're learning like you can always be doing those things that don't require you to sing or you know play your instrument so prioritizing practice even silent practice or book work is really great and then also prioritizing healthy boundaries both with other people with other things and with yourself will definitely help you start 2021 in a much more healthy manner mentally yeah i healthy boundaries will be the biggest time saver of your life and i hate to phrase it that way but i i would say the biggest time suck that ever happens to me the thing that will throw me off the most during any year is getting hurt emotionally or mentally by other people (laughs) like those those will take a good chunk of my of a week out for me because i can't focus so making sure that we assess who we let have that control over us and who we let into our lives in that aspect to whatever degree we have that capability obviously sometimes we live with people and we don't really have an option otherwise or we work with people and we don't really have an option otherwise so but to the degree that you have that ability setting healthy boundaries and learning how to manage them is super super helpful and as far as the prioritizing practice thing goes one of the best things I learned when I did my little 30 days to learn challenge that we talk about sometimes on here, the one that I did for the video project with tap and piano and stretching. I only did 20 minutes a day, except for on the days I had lessons. I only ever did 20 minutes and I didn't burn out the way I do when I try to overload myself. So prioritizing practice, it can be just doing something every day. It doesn't have to be a lot. Absolutely. It can just be a little. Yeah. And then looking at your weekly goals, Jesse, you mentioned this earlier, but 
some of my best advice and some of the things that like just really worked for me in 2020 was organizing my goals into categories and then focusing on a different category every week. So, for example, I broke mine down into health goals, into faith goals, music goals, work goals, and then just general life goals. And every week I would just cycle through the next one and the set of goals that I had under that category were the things that I were was working towards each week. And that really helped me focus on kind of my unattainable list if I were to try to focus on all of it. And I think that's the only reason I got as many things done on my list as I did. But just really focusing on a different aspect of your life really helps keep you on track. And also another big thing to keep in mind weekly is prioritizing a space in which you feel creative and comfortable. It's still going to be a while into 2021 when life truly returns to whatever new version of normal we (laughs) arrive at. But many of us are still quarantining. Many of us are still staying home. Creating a space in which you feel creative and comfortable is really important, whether that's just buying yourself a little candle that makes you feel a little bit cozy while you're practicing or buying yourself a new little like $10 plant from Home Depot that just like gives you something to nurture and take care of is a great way to stay balanced. The other thing you have to do is is to actually like think about what in the routine you're starting to create actually works for you. Um, We talked a little bit earlier about doing what you think other people think you should do. I have tried, for example, many times to be a morning person. I am not a morning person. Even when I used to get up for school at 6 a.m., I was not a morning person. (laughs) It's okay to figure out what works for you, even if it doesn't fit into the mold of what the world thinks should work. Be willing to adapt yourself to the things that will actually serve you. Another thing that I never really was big into was um, keeping a diary. And I was put off for it for many years until I found a style of it that worked for me, which was less chronological and more idea dump. And now I love doing it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. don't worry about things looking like an influencer would do them nope you don't have to look pretty when you do yoga your journal doesn't have to be you know uh, filled with stickers and perfect lines and if you like to do that then all power to you but if you don't don't feel bad if yours is like mine and you just write halfway across the page diagonally and it's a mess do what is going to actually serve you yeah and then if something isn't Explore new things. Try out a bunch of stuff. That's what the whole thing is about, is creating the lifestyle that suits you. And I just talked about journaling as a joke, but journaling and writing down what works and doesn't work is a great way of reflecting. Absolutely. Another huge thing to keep in mind as a priority weekly is so many of us have been cooped up inside and a lot of us have desk jobs or jobs that require us to be seated for long amounts of time. So prioritizing some time each week where you are moving your body and having fun while doing it is super important. And once again, I want to stress that there's it's important when you have these like fitness and exercise goals to really figure out what the root of it is and hopefully that that root of your goal is, you know, based in some sort of like joy and you just feel good and if not keep working towards that, but like for example, I love to go on walks around my neighborhood with my siblings while they scooter. And I just walk. And it's super nice to be outside. It's very, like, low stakes. We're just, like, enjoying some sunshine. I love to go on hikes um, because I just, like, need fresh air since I'm in front of a computer 24-7. So prioritizing time to just move your body a little bit. You'll always feel better. And have fun while doing it is key. I just bought Ring, Ring Fit Adventure for the Switch. Heck yeah. 
Oh, yeah. We're big fans of Just Dance. Yeah. So whatever it is. Because <laughs> it's fun. It's so fun. And then the other biggest thing that I can encourage is um, prioritizing sharpening a musical and a non-musical skill. You know that we love the musician who does more than just music vibe. For me, it's so funny. Actually, uh, Susanna Klein, the founder of Practisma, posted in her Instagram stories a couple days ago of this like rhythm app that helps you practice your rhythm in like a very video game based style. And I was like, oh, my God, I need this. So I downloaded it. It's like $2.99. I'll include the link below. And it's so fun. And so I've been like keeping my rhythm sharp because I'm definitely a rusher versus like a dragger when it comes to rhythm. So I've been having fun doing that. And that's been the little way that I've been sharpening my a musical skill. And then having a non-musical skill, a hobby, whatever, or just something that you're learning about um, and prioritizing that on a weekly basis is also super important because there are so many things that you can do as a human outside of music. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, when you are sitting down now, probably with a list of goals in front of you that you're trying to refine and understand and you may be going through them, is to understand that even after you've perfected this list and you're ready to get started on your ideas for the year, there may come points along the year where you realize that something no longer aligns with what you want and that it is okay to simply drop it. You're not required to fill out this list by the end of the year. You know, there are many years in which like halfway through the year or at any point in the year, my life has dramatically shifted. It's okay to let go of those things. And and I, I think that's very funny because I think a lot of us do get very attached to our lists. And we feel like failures if we take something off of it. And that's simply not true. It's just life. And and your idea of what you want and who you are is going to change. And that's a sign of growth. That's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Life can change. Goals can be accomplished early. Goals can become obsolete. Um, don't get stuck in your goal. Be flexible to changing and adapting it. And remember that your goal that you created is there to serve you, not the other way around. You owe nothing to this goal. It's just something that you're working towards. And you should just know that just like everything else in life, you should honest to goodness, and this sounds pessimistic, but plan for failure. There will be weeks where you get sick or you are busy or you have family obligations or your cat is suddenly diagnosed with kidney failure and diabetes. <laughs> Things happen <laughs> and they wipe us out and suddenly all of our plans are gone and that's okay. That's going to happen. It just is a part of life. And so when things like that happen, you're going to learn to adapt. And maybe there are some things that drop off the list until you can take them back on. Or like, you know, for example, we've, I've mentioned a couple times, if you wanted to read a book, well, maybe you're in that weird space where you don't have that time anymore. And now you get short stories or you read articles online instead about similar topics or you read about the authors of the books you're interested in reading. There are ways we can adapt our goals in those hard periods and that will keep us going and back into them when we are able to but just understand and and plan plan for the reality that there will be times where nothing works we hope that you found this episode helpful and clarifying towards really living the life that you want to live and the life that is true to you and helps you move towards that direction that you are bound to get to if you need an accountability buddy like i said send us a dm i am the ultimate hype man you know, if you want to share your goals with us, we'll be posting on Instagram this week about some good goals that we think are rooted in really healthy behavior that are specific towards musicians. And, you know, we just want to encourage you guys. You guys are awesome. Those goals are going to get done. 
2021 is going to be a great year for everybody. And we're so excited. We're so excited to have you with us this next year. And if you want to be the first new review of our year, head over to that Apple Podcasts <laughs> app. You can be the first one and we'll give you a little shout out on our stories because you're super awesome. And if you want to sign up for our newsletter on our website to stay up to date on all of our sales, our virtual events, new content, yada, yada, we promise we will not spam you. No spam here. You can visit our website at opera-offstage.com. Let's get hype. Let's get motivated and let's go crush our goals in 2021. We will see you guys next week. Have an awesome day. Bye. Bye.